Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. There's a nice little ecosystem here of creep of the weeks. Obviously, every single person who went to Grafton Street on Saturday. And oh, yeah. um, also on that, there's a great documentary on HBO at the moment called Fake Famous Ooh. about the Twitter bots. And they do they do this um, in inverted commas social experiment where they get three, pe- three ordinary people, buy them loads of followers and try and make them Insta famous and see what happens. And the outcome for one of them is incredibly interesting. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit more? Well, I don't want to spoil it, but like one person gets extremely into it. And then I was like, well, when the documentary is released, is this not going to it's all filmed uh, coming into the pandemic? So like there's it obviously the pandemic upset the kind of plans for this person to become a full time influencer. But they seem to be doing a lot of sponsored posts and content and have a really big following now. And I was like, is the documentary not going to completely undermine yeah. your whole platform here? Completely. It doesn't seem to have affected it whatsoever. This is what made really... a documentary being like a quarter of a million of my followers are bots. <laughs> Seems to be happy out. <laughs> <laughs> this is what really freaked me out about um, uh, John Ronson's The Butterfly Effect. When he was interviewing all the people who make the bespoke really niche porn. 
and yes. um, they were talking all about their customers' different proclivities. And I was like, and they'd been talking about how cornerstone of their business is anonymity and protecting their customers' identities. And I was like, guys, I think that the cornflake crunching man is going to know you're talking about him on this podcast. <laughs> That's what and I spent drew, the whole actually. episode so stressed for their livelihoods. Yes. In a way that they didn't care. Did you see the Irish couple who were trying to take a defamation case out at the moment because they said that they've been identified? You know, the HSE case studies where they're like one couple who went abroad and then went on a dinner party and then went on a night out or identify, you know, they were the the cause of 300 cases of COVID. Well, there's a couple, I don't know them, who were like, "Uh, that's clearly us and we're now in danger and you've you've defamed us left, right and centre. Is it clearly them, though? Well, apparently it's it's known to people in their circles that they went on holidays, came back, went to a dinner party, went on a night out, went overnight somewhere for a night in Ireland and have been linked to a load of different cases. Like in the current climate in Ireland, like it's a pretty specific series of events that nobody mm. really is doing because we're not fucking supposed to be. So if you knew your friend had done even four out of the five, you'd be like, it's you. And then I tell you'd you, gather think... a posse, go around the neighbours, be like, we're getting together a posse to just go and fuck John and Fanula up. And that'd be the end of no. John and Fanula's lovely lawn. I know. And, and new teeth. Swingers I have a good treat, creep Friday. of the week. Oh, pray tell. Well, I mean, timely as ever. Yeah, it actually, it is pretty timely. I'm not too late on it. Arizona man. Hang on. A man in Arizona faked his own kidnapping. Bound his wrists, gagged himself. Very I tricky. That happened in reverse order, um, and invented a story of treasure hidden in the desert, all to get out of work. <laughs> he was arrested last week on charge of making a false report. So he he that is worth note alone that he was able to bound his hands. Maybe it's easier than you think. I'd say, I'd say a bit of flexibility, not a property. Oh, I Definitely. see what you're saying. Go around. Do you know what could be front, handy if you bang thread the legs in? Step through. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's it. That old chestnut. Um, so Imagine yeah, finding him. The police did it was find such a him. poor attempt that they were like, Stephen, you've clearly done this yourself. And Stephen's like, no, no, I'm very upset and I'm gagged. Something yes. terrible has happened. I've the been through an ordeal. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's um, the guards found him, the police, and uh, he. Hang on, oh, no, feck off, you oh, cookies. Like yes, I accept whatever cookie you've got for me. Like, I don't care. Okay, so he works. So t- are you? Have you got? Have you got knitting needles around your neck on a string? I do thing? actually. Yeah, because I'm working on a cable, so I don't actually have a dedicated cable like needle or hook or whatever so i'm just using these needles um as and when i need so that's um the story behind that yes indeed Mm. you're just turning into one one giant craft (laughs) i am just a maid of a craft but anyway yeah just to get out of work at the old tire store now he's been charged and uh yeah he basically said that um so somebody uh found him initially and rang for the police saying that the, this guy uh, oh, had been found bound up and was going in and out of 
consciousness and then um, I'm trying to find out where the treasure came into it he told officers that after completing an errand that morning uh, errand he returned to his home where two masked men abducted him near his vehicle struck him in the back of his head and knocked him unconscious the men drove him around this is a quote drove him around in a vehicle before they left him in the area where he was found Um, Mm. after he was evaluated in the hospital the interviews continued and he that child is being supervised and loved to within an inch of its life nobody worry Um, and he told investigators that he believed he'd been kidnapped because his father had a large amount of money hidden throughout the desert yeah. I mean, the effort in hiding that alone, especially if it was more than one location. Absolutely. The, yeah, it's... I and then mean, basically, the they did thing. try to find it. But then they were like, they just asked him a few times then, are you lying about this? Until eventually he was like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. You got <laughs> yes, me. I am. This has all been a big lie. From exactly. the charade. And, and I've uh, got a so, crick in my neck. There you go. And... um. Even though the store manager of his tire factory where he was shirking out of work on the day that he was kidnapped. So like decided it was preferable to lie bound and gagged in the desert over just going to work in the tire factory. The store manager declined to give the New York Times a quote. However, Sleuthy McSleuther for the New York Times notes at the end of the article that the guy's Facebook profile no longer states that he works there. So, sorry, he changed his profile yeah. and then did a, did the self-heist. No, no, no. Back, reverse, oh. reverse. Reverse, reverse. Yeah. He'd been Self-heist fired is a magnificent phrase. Thank you, Jeff. Well, thank you, so there guys. You go. I've completely... Uh, my Thank you, Sophie, for that Wally escape, es- you know, escapade of a Wally. I have been lost down into the f- absolute... Ever heard of a little thing called Magic the Gathering? No, I'm not sure no. if I need to said thank like that. Sinead Rowe for sending me that story. Thanks, Sinead. Thanks, Sinead Rowe. Okay. So Magic the Gathering is what my story, if I get to tell it, which I may hold on to it for the next week, because this is no. fucking How dare huge. you? Have you Stop never it. heard of it? I've never heard of it. Start. You You've heard of fondling it. our creep. And I can. You can't just take my moves over there, Jen. That's what we do. That's That's how we roll. I'm just no. going to... I have I, a great story that I will fucking, tell you sometime in the future. I'll tell you next time. But it is... Why? I, I just couldn't believe I'd never heard of it. Because we've run out of time. Bye, everyone. We've run out of time. If anyone is telling it forward. next time, it's me, not you. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash the creep dive. <laughs> okay. Well, well, whatever. I can tell Thanks it if you want to, to hear it. Yeah, come on. But give I, us. I, give us. Well, Cassie, give us your top line because I you kind of excited me. Okay, earlier. my top line, mine is just a classic. It's just I've gotten really excited about it. It's it's like an evolved catfish. It's um, it, it, it my 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 Buzzfeed headline would be, "Don't shoot the messenger," oh. and it's just it, you know it's just taking catfishes to a new level, a beautiful new level that illustrates Ooh. just how little you should trust people on the internet. All right, love it. So what what order, what do you have, Sophs? Do you have one or you'd like to marinate? Well, you see, I said I have two and I can just go with whichever one feels like it complements what's just gone before. So for example, one pretty depressing. So if we're on a low, I can go for the other one, which is just kind of like somewhat wacky. 
Hmm. So I've got depressed through somewhat wacky. Well, I let think me. Oh, a wacky, wacky would be a theme of the evening. Oh, wacky yeah. involves wacky. some beard styling, and my other one is some Irish creeps being just horrific people on an international level. Nice. Oh, we do nice. love a homegrown creep. We though, do love a we? local creep. Yeah, that's a good story. I'm amazed I've never heard it before. Well, then you, you know guys it's kick good. off, and we'll see where we go. Okay, let okay. me just dip, well, I, dip I, my I, tip. Dip the tip. No, no, Cassie, you dip away. <laughs> so Let's spend fifty-five minutes deciding. What was, the, what was that dip the tip analogy supposed to be? I was literally reading the line pen and paper as I was saying dip the tip. So dip I the think tip, my wet my nib. Okay. <laughs> my Let me tell you the story. Yes. Right. Uh, so this is a love story, as all things on the internet seem to be, um, but it does not end. Well, for anybody involved, this is the story of Paris Dunn Mm. and Paris Dunn is a model on the Internet and she has a big social media presence. But when she first started out kind of modeling and trying to get the attention of people in around 2012, she was only 17 and she had quite a following of a couple of thousand followers and had started kind of connecting with celebrities, particularly sports people. And she caught the eye of NBA star Chris Anderson, also known as Birdman, on Facebook. Now, at the time, Anderson... Who's he? Should we know him? Is he from the movie? He's a tall guy and he has uh, not the Birdman film. He's an NBA player. He's got he's covered in tattoos. He's got this like mohawk thing. So he's quite distinct looking. Um, And he's a bit of a he's like the bad boy of the NBA. He had a previous drug conviction, have kind of been suspended for two years, fought his way back. It's just a kind of gruff sports star. Cassie, I Um, have her picture up here and she could be a Maraid or even a Sinead. She has the look of a... An Ashling. An Ashling. She could be. She has the... Yeah. Well, no, she's probably not quite an Ashling. She would be a kind of maybe a Claudia. Definitely your, someone you're in college Love Island, with. The Irish one. Mora. She's Mora. All right. She's got like, you know, she's she's a model. She's a pretty gal. Um. So when she started, she started talking to Chris Anderson on Facebook. And Anderson at the time, he was 33. He was a basketball star for the Denver Nuggets. And uh, <laughs> he's he was not well intimidating known. if that's what I really want to see their mascot. <laughs> The Denver Nuggies. Um, and he was quite a he was quite a well known NBA star. He was particularly known for his colourful tattoos and his sort of uh, aforementioned little bad boy background. It was in the f- it was in the um, autumn of two thousand and eleven when Dunn start sorry when she started messaging him, and she received a message. She received a friend request from Chris Anderson on Facebook saying, I see you're a fan. And hmm. Paris says that she was a little bit skeptical at first, but at just 17 years old, she was just an excited Ooh. teenage girl who oh, thought no. she was talking to a sports star. Oh, and no. did she have a big following then? I mean, was she blue tick? Brigade? Moderately big. It was a couple, I think in like a few dozen thousand, you know, okay. like I don't think she'd broken the 100,000 yet, but she, she had Ooh. quite a few followers. 
And did she follow um, so him? She, like, was she a fan? Yes, she way? did. So okay. she had, yeah, and she had like a modeling page on Facebook and he had his sports profile or whatever. But he sent her a direct friend request. Right. And she wrote back and was like, hey. And then he was like, what are you doing? And so Paris was like, he said he was eating pizza and we just kind of kicked off a conversation. So they just, as conversations do, they just started chatting all the time uh, between Facebook, emails, texts. And then it progressed to sending each other nudes, dirty pickies on their phones, dick pics and nudes on their well, phones. Well, knowing that this is a catfish story, uh, tattoos are very identifiable. Mm. Do you well, know that way? See, Anderson is messaging and Paris is messaging. Okay. Oh, so this isn't the so cat. Just, okay, Grant. Okay, okay. Just, okay. You just stay involved. Because, yeah, they're sending each other pictures. They're responding to each other's messages and sending selfies. There's a discourse. So she, at this here, time, right? trusts that this is the man himself. And Cassie's yeah. saying it is the man himself. Okay. It is the man himself. All right. So, um, I mean, she is only 17, which is not great. I mean, she's young and he's 33, but they they know that. And she does, she lies and says she's 21, I think. But like, okay. he's still 33. Like, they still know that there's there's a significant age gap, right? But she, Paris says that she was excited because when she was sending him pictures, he was sending her pictures back. And soon they were in this like whirlwind online relationship, swapping more and more pictures. He was sending her pictures of himself around the house with his pit bull. <laughs> Hannibal <laughs> just so glamorous here's me around the house with Hannibal my little pet right <laughs> and then as his, as they're talking to each other she's she kind of hears about friends you know starts chatting and seeing his little ecosystem and starts chatting to his other friend Tom Taylor so Chris Anderson as well as him being an NBA player is a really big gamer like he loves Call of Duty and all these other Xbox games and all that kind of stuff and Tom his friend is someone that he plays loads of games with. So uh, Tom adds Paris on Facebook as well, and they start chatting. Um, and Paris noticed that both, you know, both the phone numbers have the same area code, but they look kind of strange. And so she asks Chris about it. And Chris says, oh, it's just, I have a, I use a Google, we use Google phone numbers, you know, those internet phone numbers so that people don't have my public mobile and I message you from the internet. So it's grand. Hmm. And she was like, that's fine you know she's 17 she was like oh yeah I totally believe that so they were exchanging all their pictures but she trusted that she was sending them just to Chris Mm. and as they're continuing on their conversation Tom Taylor is chatting to her about her sort of relationship with Chris and he's saying things like I know you really like Chris you guys should meet up like he really wants to meet you um, so Paris is like yeah that's the next step in this relationship we should meet in person so Chris buys her a plane ticket and takes and, and is like you should come to Denver for a weekend purchases the plane ticket so mm. Paris tells her mother she's going to go off and stay with her new boyfriend and um, the you know mother was fine with it right 
So Paris lands in Dan- Denver International Airport and Chris is there to pick her up. She said that their first date became a little bit awkward because they were like communication was an issue and they had some sort of, you know, they've been talking for months and whatever. Must be a little weird, and, actually. If you ever yeah, met a pen pal. There was like a, yeah. It's a bit of stunted yeah. when you then originally face to face. But she said there was a, a couple of, of inconsistencies in what they knew about each other. So she said he would turned on the Xbox when they went home and he started playing a game. And he said, look, your sister must be online. And she was like, I don't, I don't have an have Xbox. And my sister doesn't play Xbox. She doesn't have an Xbox. She does have a sister. But she's like, she doesn't play Xbox. Whereas Chris was like, obviously connected with this person that he had been playing games with, thinking that it was Paris's sister. Right, and then what? there was a couple of other, then there was a couple of other weird little things. Like he said, oh, you, you said you brought loads of Victoria's Secret stuff to wear for the weekend. And Paris was like, no, I didn't. I never said that. Ugh, what's and going then he on? turned around and then he turned around. And he was like, so when's your trip to Africa? And Paris was like, I'm not going to Africa. What are you talking about? So how many platforms were they communicating over? So they've been texting, texting. Uh, emailing and Facebooking. So they've been communicating across loads of different things. And like most of what they had conversed about was accurate. There was just these weird little things every now and then. And then um, Paris brought up Tom Taylor and was like, you know where is Tom are you hanging out with Tom and Chris was like who the fuck is Tom I don't know (laughs) Tom so Paris just thought that he was kind of messing with her and she shrugged it off they ended up having a really nice weekend together in Denver their relationship was like romantic relationship Uh, she said it wasn't but Paris said it wasn't just actually about the sex they did loads of other fun things they watched movies when he went off to a basketball practice she minded Hannibal the dog but while she was in Chris's house this guy Tom Taylor was still texting her constantly and he was like go take a picture of that put put this hat on and Paris was like this is really weird and I'm not going to go through this guy's stuff so Anyway, the two had a really nice weekend together and Paris was getting on a plane to head back to California. Um, And as soon as she landed, she had a message from Chris saying it was great to meet you. And she messaged him back and was like, yeah, I had a really fun time. But very soon after the weekend, she started getting absolutely like this influx of messages from him all the time and from Tom at really weird times of of the day. So Tom and Chris the story was that Tom and Chris really enjoyed playing games together and that they were like in this kind of competitive Xbox sort of tournament thing. Hmm. And there was this professional gamer in this community of gamers and they wanted her to go to California and pose as someone who was trying to learn how to play Call of Duty to get lessons from this guy, but to actually steal his tactics and gamer codes and feed them back to them. Man alive. Really weird, right? Yeah. So Paris was like, look, you know, I'm not going to do this. And they were really putting pressure on her to go and take this trip to Indiana. And the more she refused, the angrier they got. Uh, So they had actually bought her a plane ticket to Indiana. And she's like, no, I'm not going. Um, I don't want to go. And then 
Paris was still continuously messaging Chris and mentioned one evening that she was going to go see another, that she was going to go see a basketball game where this other basketball player, Blake uh, Griffin, who was playing with the LA Clippers, said someone had just given her tickets to go see this, this basketball game. So she texts basically saying something along the lines of, oh, I'm going to go see, you know, this game and I'm going to go meet Blake Griffin. I'm really excited. And she said that Chris flipped and both Chris and Tom Taylor started getting really jealous and sending her abusive, angry text messages, like really violent, angry text messages to the point where he was saying that he was going to send somebody down there, that he was going to get her murdered and raped Fuck. and thrown on Fuck. the side of the street Jesus. just because she was going to this this basketball game. So Paris started getting a bit scared of him. Right. And then. Paris said that Tom Taylor told her that Chris had shared her nude pictures and was going to post them online. That he, that Tom Taylor was going to take the pictures and post them online with her address and phone number. And then Tom sent her a link that included all the photos she had sent to Chris. Shit. And she said that the photos were posted online, but only for, like, were posted online for a short period of time. So she was obviously getting increasingly fucking angry with this guy, Chris, because he had sent these pictures to his friend, Tom, and she was just pissed off and weirded out. And it was just so fucking weird. And also posting pictures yeah. on the Internet of your news is completely is it's abuse. She so didn't tell anyone Paris, or ring the police or she wasn't feeling like. Well, she did. She finally told her mother what had been going on and they decided to call the police together. So the police came over to her. And she was like, look, I know this is really weird, but Chris Anderson is involved. And the guys, the policemen were just small town police officers officers, and were like, what the fuck? And came back and were like, look, you've just opened a can of worms. So it was February 2012. Chris Anderson was away playing a game in Oklahoma City when he got a strange email. Sorry, just to jump in here, right? So they're going to press charges. Okay. They want to press charges against Chris for posting images on the internet or whatever. In the meantime, Chris then receives an email from someone claiming to be Paris's mother saying hey. that um, Anderson had spent the weekend with Paris and that he was, a, you know, she knew about it and that Paris was actually only 17 at the time. Okay. Yeah, so... So then you're getting into child abuse. Well, no, because in Denver, the legal age of consent is 15. So this is where the story gets complicated, right? So the sexual activity that they engaged in was completely legal and consensual. But for his career and publicity-wise, whatever, obviously him having a kind of this salacious relationship with a 17-year-old wasn't going to be... um, wasn't going to be favorable. But legally, he didn't break the law. Now... It gets different then when it comes into possession of the images because that is deemed to be child pornography. So that is so the age of consent is fifteen, but I'm presuming eighteen possession of child. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So the but the email that he receives from someone pretending to be Paris's mother is that he has engaged in sexual activity with her and that they're going to go to the press and expose this blah 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 and um she 
was going to um, ruin the email threatened to ruin his life and his career. Now, a representative for Chris, so his attorney, Mark Bryant, Chris refuses, Chris Anderson himself refuses to speak on this issue. But his attorney says that when he was booking the plane ticket for Paris, she had given him a birth date that made her 21. And he often questioned, like, how did she get through the airport and everything with the mm. wrong birth date on the thing? But obviously the plane ticket doesn't, doesn't have, your birth, have your birth date mm. on it. You just put it through when you're booking it. So, you know, he was responding back through. He showed the email he received th- to his attorney. And they were like, look, we'll respond to this whenever, but nothing criminal has taken place here in terms of, you know, the threat that you've had a a relationship and you spent the weekend together and you engaged in the sex. You know, it's not, you've not broken the law. But there was a clear threat here and they wanted to just wipe it under the card or whatever. So to protect Chris, his attorney, Bryant, said, sent the writer of the email $3,000 over PayPal paypal just to, to make protect. it go away saying okay yeah saying. just to protect it and just kill the story or whatever saying look go home you know here's your money just you're embarrassing yourself off you go so that was all assumingly taken care of and a couple of months go by and neither chris nor his attorney bryant here anymore until one day in may 2012 chris is pulled over in colorado by the sheriff's department and their internet crimes against children unit had swarmed his home seizing his computers phones and other electronic devices Uh uh-oh yeah at the time the nuggies his team were in the nba playoffs (laughs) and the story made yeah the story made national headlines and chris anderson was let go suspended from the team for possession of so underage child pornography child yeah yeah. okay yeah so was there nothing else sorry it was just paris's images that he was being yeah but somebody obviously told the police that he had them sorry that couple of paris's mother did paris's mother did sorry they did at that point but the emails and the money but nobody's met paris's mother yeah like it's just emails from her isn't it well, the email that Chris received is someone claiming to be Paris's mother, but yeah. elsewhere, Paris's Paris has told her mother okay. that Chris has published these. Chris's Chris and Chris's friend Tom have published these images of her on the internet, so they go to the police. So the police are investigating the possession of child I mean, pornography. Chris yeah, deserves Chris. this. No, I just feel like none doubt. of these people exist. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so what you hard mean. to it's, know. It's just I'm the like. Setup. You're like, yeah. should I invest? Are we to question? Who do I know? But I'm like, if they're all Trust sock puppet nobody. accounts, it's like unreal levels of um, well, sock puppetry. Chris is, but we do know that Chris, Chris is and Paris a genuine star. He's been fired. Yeah. Okay. Chris and Paris yeah. have met in person. Chris has now been fired from his very real NBA job. Okay. It's impacting his life. Yeah. It's impacting his life so much that he decides that like he had to actually get out of Denver he was being like he couldn't walk down the street people were horrified with him yeah. they were but also rightly fuck so. him. You know, he was oh, also yeah, trying to blackmail Paris into this fucking you know into yeah, this idea revenge, yeah, into this plan her. exactly yeah. prick so 
this is all it's all gotten like fucking mad up there what started as a slightly inappropriate internet romance had turned into this man losing his job and this girl feeling under threat that her nudes were all over the internet but the whole thing no the Here whole thing no had been orchestrated by by a 33 year old woman in canada who is she so, there is a woman named Shelley Chartier, okay? Well, Chartier, Chartier is very that's good. That's absolutely genius. She should have set up a replica watch online business with that name. No way. Yeah. Definitely like a, a short repellent gusset. <laughs> in a knicker. So as it all starts to unfold when the Colorado detectives who are going Chartier. through Chris's it's computer. Genius. Okay, sorry. So they start going through Chris's computer and Paris's phone and they started finding rakes of fake Facebook pages, email addresses and this one IP address that connects the two of them coming from Canada. So um, a constable with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, which is Canada's version of FBI, was assigned to the case. The IP address was traced back to the province of Manitoba into a tiny little town called Easterville. Like the population of this town is like 90 people. Wow. It's an Aborigine town and they're a little tiny little community. So they said that they were so surprised by where the location of this IP address was leading them to. So um, their authorities discovered a reclusive woman named Shelley who had not only been catfishing Chris and Paris, but there was a, maybe up to 11 other victims and it had gone on for over three years. She'd made numerous Facebook pages impersonating YouTube comedian, Playboy Playmates, even reality TV star Brody Jenner. Oh, so what she no was way. doing was, yeah, but what she had done was she had created a Facebook page for Paris. Mm. She had got that Facebook page to message Chris. Then she created a Facebook page or Facebook account for Chris. Got that one to connect with Paris. The real Paris. So, yes. Ah. So she had done this like trifecta of catfishing where she was the middleman. All the communications were being filtered. But passing their messages back and forth. Chartier. So this she is there wild. reading, copy, paste, send it on. Read, copy, And then paste, embellishing every now on. and then, like adding her Just own Just to mix flair, it up. What about the Africa trip? I mean, that was exactly. always going to yeah. be found And the sister on Xbox. Always her. The whole thing with the gamer and wanting the gamer code. Her. That was all the her. Threat. The thread of the nudes. Her. The creating oh, the link Chris, with the nudes on them. We're sorry. Her. Tom Taylor doesn't exist. All Shelly. What? I can't. How did she keep it straight in her head? I feel like she must have been like um, Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind writing on windows trying to (laughs) fucking track of that stuff. So there's a little, I watched a little short documentary on her from CBS and the there's like psychiatrists and psychologists so i'm going to tell you a little bit about her backstory but there's loads of psychiatrists interviewed for this documentary and they were like she must she nearly needed to have 
like a spider web of people who were connected to this and how she was pa- messaging back and forth all exactly. the time. Exactly. Because yeah. it just, they were like, it's incomprehensible how complicated this was and how she pulled it off and how she had the time to message all these different people. And, and, and what unreal. exactly and is her motive, really? And I does mean, she have family, Kathy? So she's yeah, kind of reclusive. She has a kind of sad. She's a recluse, right? So she had dropped out of school in the sixth grade, which is like twelve. Wow. Um, and when she was in school, she was really horrifically bullied. And her mother, who was bedridden with a disability, decided to pull her out of school because she said she was coming home from school with no shoes on. She was that badly oh, bullied that the kids were like taking things from her. And it's a really tight knit community that they live in. So as not like being an outsider and not fitting in, it was just there was nowhere for her to turn. So she ended up developing really bad social anxiety which resulted in her not leaving the house for 11 years Whoa. and as the story wow. broke and people went That's yeah as people down. went to meet her and interview her she's she's 33 at the time that's going on but she has the appearance of a child she looks really really, really young You've got to get a look because at her she here. didn't Chartier. because she didn't what's her first name shelly shelly chartier and because she didn't re- leave the house, she developed a real sensitivity to light. So she just wow. looked allergic. Really like the little child. boy in the secret the garden. Bubble. Exactly. So um, in September 2013, more than a year after the news of Chris's relationship with Paris broke publicly, Colorado authorities told the NBA star that he was not a suspect in the case, but a victim of an elaborate catfishing scheme. <gasps> So Chris managed to kind of claw his his uh, career back. He went on to play for Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Shelley pleaded guilty to oh, various charges awful. of impersonation, extortion and threat. So obviously like catfishing someone isn't really illegal, but because she ex- had extorted money out of Chris by fraudulently three impersonating. Grand. It's only three grand. And that's, they said in the, in the, in the, documentary they're like we don't think she actually ever got more than a few thousand euro out of people we don't know the extent of all her catfishing online because she um a, a lot of victims haven't come forward publicly but she did it she, she hasn't says, admitted to anymore no she has oh. but we we don't we don't know the details of them publicly so she and she's really remorseful she said that she was sad lonely bored and was just in this ended up with access to the internet and lived her life through this online web of lies. Um, and it was really sad. She has a, like her, she had two cousins, Bert and Ernie, um, her no. mother. Really? Delia. <laughs> yeah, no, Bert and Ernie. And her <laughs> aunt were her only family. And the actual community that they lived in, this Aborigine community had been displaced and are kind of like on the fringes of the Canadian society. Like they're really remote. They're a, a kind of small fishing village, but the community. Did, the story know, broke, did they know what she was at? Her nobody knew what nobody she was did. at. Okay. So she started it when she started in 2011. It was after the sudden death of her aunt, and she just turned ah. to the internet for something to do. And she kind of said that, like at the start, she just thought, you know, she was kind of like to see if she could get away with it, and she just didn't think of these people as real people, didn't consider their feelings. And mm. then when she was orchestrating the meetup and the them going to see each other in real life that must have been what like, a, i know what sort of a sick buzz but imagine doing all this she was and like then seeing photos yeah, of she was them like, together and being like i made that yeah. it's like a real life and, 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 
She was and initially she was kind of like she initially she was like oh I've just brought these two people together and like they're getting on like they're having sex she was like I just got them laid like it's yeah, no so big what? deal everyone's here. happy and it wasn't until I suppose it really spiraled into the threats and the extortion that things started getting really bad but she's really remorseful now she talks about how the impact she's had on Paris's oh, life and how um how bad she feels about it so would you say she was like, in 2013 when things started going well for them Chris and uh Chris and your one that it like it did it like set off actually some kind yeah. of resentment and anger in her that's what well, I no, have no, she I can't don't think sort so, of form those kind of relationships well see this is the thing because that's when the news happens but as no the nudes happened um it was when it was it started to unravel when Paris said she was going off to see another basketball player and I think that maybe it was the threat that her little ecosystem had broken down I mean one ah, psychiatrist yeah. was explaining how some how she was living out those feelings as a, you know those real feelings from the safety of her home she was too anxious to leave the house she had no possibility of acquiring these kind of connections in this situation that she was physically in that yeah. she felt those real life feelings um, but in the midst of all of this whilst she's catfishing as other people she's also herself on Xbox and she's uh, she's prolifically online as herself and meets this young man from New York who falls in love with her and moves to Canada to ah. be with her and they get married ah. so like, is it since everything or just no it's, on it's, during it. it's, it's during it so he stands by her she goes off to prison and does her 18 months and then he's there when she she comes out ah. now he had to leave canada then because she couldn't get a job but in my little update and reading about her life it seems that she has since gotten a job as a janitor and that she's doing well and he comes over and he stays with her and her and her her mom who's still she's a carer for her mom they've moved into a nicer home and their plan was to to maybe move a little bit further away from that community because one of the one of the major issues was that the coverage in the press of the story the, a lot of the shocking thing was like you know small community a strange little person um, yeah creates this international scandal and it really painted the community in a poor light they were like this is an impoverished community uh, the kind of infringed on society they this is problematic so the community really turns Resented, against her and actually yeah. in in the documentary well um, that's all you need isn't it you're already down. fringe yeah. people you're already like you don't need shelly now come on yeah Hold you don't need together. to yeah. double down on like no. the isolation of it yeah the spotlight swings into your village and you're like oh for fuck's sake yeah this is all yeah. we need so that I mean yeah, what so. an amazing fucking story not an inch of blue balls thank you I'm thoroughly satisfied you're very welcome I feel like do you know your man who married her like imagine yeah. marrying in to such a kind of like hugely intricate world that your wife like has to manage like a full time job and like he's there like well I always have to play second fiddle to Paris and Chris and you know, obviously, you date nights really... suffer if she's got a lot of messages to do, and it's just. Such I a... think that it's it's had started to unravel by the time that they met, but he's he was present anyway while she was 
convicted they had, yeah they had yeah and um he was there for it but they do so she appeared on an episode of catfish because paris was paris dunn the model who was uh the catfishy mm. um she had previously been featured in an episode of catfish the tv show because someone had used her pictures so oh, what she messaged so i know so and actually when you look her up now there's like you'll find like 10 12 different instagram accounts for her all with really high followings but i've no idea which is her actual account Weird. so she had reached out to when shelly was being released from prison she reached out to max and neve and was like i want you to connect with this woman to make sure that she doesn't do it again. It's been one of the most complicated catfishes of all time. So they wow. sat down with her for a little interview. And she was like, I was so stupid and awful. And I have no one to blame but myself. And I'm sorry. And I'll never do it again. And her husband is sitting there with her being like, you're not stupid. Oh but I'm going to keep her on the straight and narrow. And it just seems like she genuinely prison might have worked for once. And she has a bit of remorse. And she talks about how when she first went into prison, she was just pissed off at the police for uncovering it. She was pissed off at Paris. She was like, all I did was pretend to be this woman. But that she slowly realized the impact her actions had had on people and that she felt really bad about it. Mm. Amazing. Full circle. 180. But that, so do you have a sense of like what the exact span of the whole of her catfishing was? Like, because she was in her house for like 11 years. Was she at that like intensely for like five years or? Yeah, it seemed that this one went on for a period of around three to four years. But within that time, you know, uh, Chris and Paris weren't necessarily speaking to her. They had gone months without speaking to each other. Then the emails came in from the mother. Then the he was pulled over several months later by the police. So the whole ordeal was maybe kind of three to four years. But she'd been talking to other people. Um, yeah during all that time and she was in let me just get that up she was released from prison when did you say this kind of went down 2012 it started in she's they first connected in 2011 and and she was arrested in 2013 actually so and she spent 18 months in prison then so um she is out and about now happily married oh we all um, deserve a second chance, including Shelley. Yeah, and I have to say, yeah. it's quite nice from my Google that she's search, had... face of an angel. But then she's also absolutely annihilated those people's lives, untold yes. stress and trauma. True. Whatever happened to Chris mm. then in the end? So he never got prosecuted. Was he allowed to work back on the team, the Nuggets? Yeah. So he got back. Well, he went on to play for other teams, and he seems grand. Like he's. <laughs> And if you if you look at him now, it doesn't even come up. You know, it comes up as like he was catfished or whatever. Um, NBA, but yeah, it's not a big. But it's not the, well, the you'd leading story. Probably be a bit wary of the internet as well when something like that happened yeah. to you. You know, but probably they rethink your social media and things like that. Even as a big per- profile person like him. Yeah, that is a complete mad story. Very. Um, so the, there's a little documentary. It's like 50 minutes called. It's called Indictment, The Crimes of Shelley Chartier. And it's on, uh, I watched it on CBC. 
I don't know if you can watch it on things easily, but I have a CBC plug-in thing. I just said yeah. it's very good. CBBS for a minute was where my mind went with that, and I was like, interesting for CBBS. Paris Dillon, where is she now? I tell you where she is. She's uh, hanging out with her seventy-three-year-old boyfriend, Don McLean. Don McLean, the is he a musician or actor? Yes, one of the one or the other. I think. Or maybe That's, are we thinking? No, it is. He is a he, no musician. I think. No, I don't know. I don't know what he is, but I think he no. is or was famous, <laughs> and he's now hanging out with twenty-four-year-old um, Paris. Look, if they're happy, they're happy. Love is love. Who are we to judge? Everyone's consenting, but uh, glad to see she's still doing well. <laughs> John McLean, famous musician, best known for his American Pie. American Pie. That yeah. is going to absolutely, that's really going to upset my little brother Mikey because when he was five, six years old, he could sing all of American Pie. It was his favorite song. Oh my God. That is not a guest such a that talent. you want at your party. <laughs> Fucking hell. It was such a cute uh, and weird talent for such a small child to have. Aww. Oh. Oh, yeah. lovely. That, that's an amazing story, Cassie. That Thank was you so, ever so much. I mean, it kind of like, it kind of hurt my mind, but also like invigorated my intellect, which I needed after such a long day of. Yeah, it was. Who knows? Trying to explain it out loud earlier on, so I could get my head around it. I was like, "That's so why we want to know." Like, did she triangle. have like notes? Did she have like a murder wall in her house? Shelley, she kept. She would, I suppose yeah. to her, it's easier because she's just passing messages back and forth and embellishing here and there. But it's like, where so do you begin mental. to tell this story that? But there like are you'd these lose two track people of what on either side you think yeah she yeah. should have really just been copying and pasting and forwarding on the messages and just been she would have just then then just been a voyeur who was had access to their messages and their budding relationship and might have been interesting like a little a work of real life romance immersive but instead she, or something yes it was it was when she mingled the things got messy when started extorting money and threatening to post images on the internet when she started taking on their personalities the things got really bad ah oh, that was brilliant ah oh, thank you so much we haven't had one of those now in a long time yeah oh, absolute full circle with proper oh, brilliant love it so i don't know where that leaves us what kind of stories are you looking at so thank you Cass. that was magical uh, um, are yours short, medium length? Um, I have one that I can kind of hop skip through. Also about a voyeur. Um, oh. It's just one that kind of like, you know, struck me uh, to do actually after Kathy did that um, artist on the creep live a few weeks ago. Oh, yes, that was great. Oh, what yeah. was his name again? Max. Uh... Oh, my God. What was his name? Look, I will bring it up. Friend of something, Max. Max Headroom. It was the two. It was the famous artist who, um, whose children continued on his legacy, refusing to allow him to retire, and painted, not painted, but hired people off the street to continue his artwork, yes. undermining his talent. I would mm -hmm. say, potentially devaluing his terrible art. That was valued very hard. to sign the pictures every now and then. 
I'd say they were steering his right hand like through those signatures. Like that's what we're talking here. Um, okay, so Jen, what do you want to do? Do you want me to give yeah, you a if, little... Definitely. Sure. If that's you okay want to gestate further, yeah? De- am I, that's perfectly yeah, fair. Definitely. Cool. That's perfectly fair. All right. Okay, so this um, guy, will I give you some clues and you guys can like figure out who it is? really one of the most famous painters of the 21st 20th century so okay, let's do it i'm gonna say um styled mustache dolly salvador yeah. dolly <laughs> oh dolly you diabolical so yeah i kind of just was like do you know who's just kind of like a general creep Nothing too, like, much going on, but at the same time, totally fascinating guy, Salvador Dali. And I have a special affinity with him because um, my parents and I, when I was younger, used to go to a place in northern Spain near where he lived for, like, the latter half of his life. And you can go to his house and take tours of his house. And I'd say I've been to that house at least 20 times, I'd say. You know nearly, him well. And nearly every year we'd go, there'd be somebody new that hadn't ever been to the house before. And so we'd all like troop up there, delighted with life, practically trying to lead the tour. And the house is amazing. So this is a house in a tiny fishing village in northern Spain in Catalonia. Um, and the village is called Port Legat. And the house began as a series of fishermen's cottages that he kind of bought up and attached and eventually just started building on and building on and building on. And um, when you first walk into the hall, it's like a really small, like little entrance hall. Because it's not like a grand mansion, but like it is a Mm. cool house. So the first thing you come face to face with is this like probably about eight or nine foot uh, stuffed bear. Just like draped in. Yes. Draped in jewels. He loved like there's so much crossover between Dali and Jen Rogan, it's unreal. <laughs> Loved a taxidermy. In his o- in his library, he had these three swans, like stuffed and mounted, and kind of perched up around the library. Um, what else did he have? So he had like all these like weird secret passages and little like peaky little hidey holes to look through and see into other rooms in the house because Dali was just one of the most prolific masturbators the world has ever known. (laughs) Did not expect that. fucking loved pulling the plum. And um, he literally actually barely had sex ever at all. But more of that in a minute. And so more about the house. So... He had this like huge um, swimming pool in the shape of a penis um, and <laughs> balls, like exactly the kind of cartoon, uh, you know, penis that we used to draw in secondary yeah, school. Very Jen. rudimentary. Mm-hmm. Like just the kind of dick and balls. Yeah. So like if you traced his scissors, pool. what that would look like. Kind, yeah, exactly. Um so, or if you laid a dick and a set of balls flat on a piece of paper and just went around them, like the balls kind of lying on either side of the shaft, do yeah. you know that kind of way? Like yeah. no mind to the kind of behavior of, uh, of balls a, of in a real swimming. life. Or like what you want from a swim, unless you had two jacuzzis. 
which were the balls and then you could do your lengths down the shaft oh yeah that's kind of a good idea i think he had more like lengths down the shaft kind of like resting areas for mingling mm. in the uh, balls um, nice nice so anyway, obviously his home was like a kind of a mecca for any kind of stars who came to northern Spain. It was like a big thing for like American stars to come and hang out in Dali's house. And like a lot of them would kind of like, I suppose, somewhat reluctantly submit to like Dali having a look at their anus and things <laughs> like that. And really? Yes. And I think it was possibly... I'm trying to remember there's an actress and I couldn't find so I read a book um, about Dali that was written by a guy from the area who was like in the scene very much so and like first hand witness to a lot of this stuff and he was talking about this American film that was filming in the area and the, like the young kind of star the kind of ingenue like was completely like basically cornered by Dali like one night in the gaff probably in the penis shaped swimming pool and was like I love an anus and uh <laughs> She, I think, like, because he was European and okay, an artist. She just put it down She to was that. like, oh, I guess. Okay. Um, so there was all kinds of shenanigans going on like that. But before Dali was, like, one of the most famous and kind of infamous artists in the world, um, he was a young boy called Salvador Still. Yes. And he was born, um, so specific, he was born at quarter to nine on the 11th of May, 1904. And um, so he lived nearly the entire century. Um, and so he was born in Figueres. Um, and he, this is interesting, had had an older brother who had died nine months before his birth. So it's like brother Yikes. died, parents reincarnated. Salvador yes. born nine months later and the older brother also named Salvador what the uh, weird interesting I, I just don't think you can reuse kids names like that it's absolutely no big no feeling there I would there. say that's a no I mean maybe they they themselves discussed it but then upon sort of entry into the world with the new boy would be confusing for many others I feel like would it might have been down to had they got a lot of the baby and child clothes monogram like, monogram see what you're saying mm, yeah exactly look, jinx and they were like look terrible shame to waste all this that's it um but also just no justifying it guys don't fucking do it um so anyway he from a really early age just like was a prodigy and he was um like lots of uh say in the 20th century and stuff like that when like abstract and cubism and all of that was like gaining popularity. Uh, Salvador Dali was always kind of an interesting one, kind of stood out a lot because he still kind of favored a kind of a representational style. Like, so as much as he's like a surrealist, his paintings were kind of like hyper-realistic if you ever look at them. And they are, they are quite different to say like a Picasso, a Miro, mm. any of the other kind of like big guys around that time. And the thing is like they, a lot of them come from this really traditional kind of, painting like Pablo Picasso like also was capable of producing like hyper realistic really representational kind of pieces but they all kind of deliberately moved away from it but Salvador Dali kind of like incorporated it I think his kind of vision which was you know full of sort of symbolism and like kind of bizarre scenes and kind of mutilation of genitals and 
oh like all kinds of I don't know if you've seen much of his work but like it's it's very cool but it's also like almost a parody of itself because like everything from the Simpsons to you know uh like really really tacky gifts in art shops have kind of like ripped off bits from his work and stuff like the melty clocks Mm. remember being in a museum and there was like a melty clock actual clock that you could buy it was I mean horrendous I would say on a level of the Billy Bass you know the singing fish I would say those two objects as horrific as each other so anyway he was like a prodigy and he was like really encouraged by his parents and there was definitely a hangover of the dead Salvador and you know uh, encroaching perhaps on some of his kind of development and his position in the family he also had a sister who was younger and he absolutely doted on her and um so anyway he kind of like you know grew up when he was in his mid-teens his mother died of um cancer and he was utterly devastated his father less devastated married his dead wife's sister Um, so classic such i mean i suppose more often than it doesn't not true do, do you reckon Jen <laughs> it happens a lot I can I know a family are you that. willing to go to bat for that statistic it happens uh, well, more often than it doesn't I am I'm gonna just put that out there and let's I leave it at that okay so after that right and actually um Salvador it said had no real issue with that relationship apparently real fond of the aunt not mm-hmm. as fond as his dad but you know fond um, and so he went on to art college and like as most people who go to art college had a kind of a um, a brief flirtation with um, wearing a kind of coat, stockings and knee breeches in the style of an English gentleman of the late 19th century. Frankly, same hon. I think I dressed exactly like that for the first two years of art college. Um, so when he was in art college, he sort of started to like you know, develop his style. Uh, he started to become, you know, influenced by data and futurism and like all like being introduced into the like, uh, you know, works of Freud. Freud, another one of life's great masturbation de- devotees. Um, and uh, he was just like getting a lot of like commercial success and a lot of critical success. And he, um, you know, joined up with Picasso in a big way and they remained friends for decades and then they had a bit of a falling out. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he was doing really good. And um, he did, I, like, he got so famous and then infamous. And I think lots of people in the art world started to really resent that, like, his antics were kind of overshadowing the art and that he was kind of, like, just cashing in on his notoriety. And, like, I think a lot of everyone in art, basically Europe was really pissed off because he kind of went to America and became a bit of a toast of the town kind of years later he like um worked with uh, hitchcock designing um the sets for i think it was spellbound and you know him and uh at this point he'd met his wife gala who was like uh 10 years older than him she was born in russia and they met um in in uh, paris and he just became like immediately obsessed by her but also like so he was like really attracted to her wanted her to be his wife he was inspired by her but also like terrified by her vagina <laughs> so this all dates back to so he's he had a few kind of abiding obsessions obviously um bit of uh 
you know, wanking and, Mm -hmm. you know, keeps the doctor away. Um, But so when he was younger, he was really obsessed with the size of his penis, convinced that it was very small. And um, he, I think, had gotten it into his head somehow that like um, a lot of masturbation would like prevent or stave off impotence. Because I think he was just like mega paro about it. But then also, um, it kind of at, in the same breath, his father who used to, so this is like not a great tactic, but he used to leave around a lot of medical textbooks that were like, oh, you know, dear. full of intricate illustrations of like vaginas that have been struck down with venereal disease. And you know, no, like, idea. I mean, leave, leave thrush even unattended and that can run rampant and um, right so god knows yeah got right off your future wife's vagina that's for certain so um but like gala the wife now was like look you know what you're the richest painter in the world Um, i kind of enjoy you and you'll kind of mm. let me do whatever i want anyway so yeah. Let's, um, that sounds like a good arrangement they Sounds were just perfect. like a great yeah. partnership. Do you know what I mean? Um, now, Salvador's family hated Gal- Gala, but I would say that might have been kind of a bit of uh, xenophobia um, ah, as much as right. anything else. Um, so anyway, they just, uh, like I said, were kind of the toast of everywhere they went. They spent a lot of time in um, in New York. Uh, they went to visit the uh, MoMA, so that's the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and they were invited to every party in town. And there was one fancy dress ball in the mid thirties that apparently Dali showed up wearing a glass case on his chest containing a brassiere. And Gala, this is, I feel like Gala, this is very us. Basically, I feel like she would definitely be a creep. So Gala arrived. A belt of nipples. Well, I would say nearly on a par in terms of like bad taste. Now, not this outfit. So hang on. She arrived to this ball uh, as a woman who was giving birth through her head. Dead, um, right. Which And is... was that in keeping with the dress code or was it a bit like underdressed, overdressed? I know, Nothing I'm like, was it the Met Gala and somebody just really fucking ignoring the whole theme of camp? <laughs> that was mm. just, they don't deserve to be there. But anyway, later it was reported in the press that the Dallies had actually dressed up as the Lindbergh baby and the Lindbergh baby's kidnapper. Amazing. So very, like, absolutely cancelling offence of the time. Mm. Um, but obviously, Dali, pretty uncancelable. Like, as I said, he's, like, nonstop just being like, I have a thing for anus. Uh, get your anus out there. <laughs> and people were like, oh, you're European, okay. Um, so anyway, um, he... I'm I, sorry about the kind of gala sex. So basically he said that they did try to have sex at one point um, and he reported that it was overrated. And then he also said, I tried to have sex once with a man, uh, a famous juggler called Frederico Garcia Lorca. And it was very Pretty. painful. So he kind of like, you know, he definitely tried. He gave to, it a good whack. He gave it a good whack. I, yeah. And like, he just basically, like, he was just kind of an, onan, an onanist and a voyeur. And that was just his preference. 
So anyway, he basically seems to have just had like great crack. Do you know that kind of way? Like the whole 40s, 50s, 60s, he was just having the absolute time of his life in his house in northern Spain. Young ingenues being shipped in to show him their anus um, on the reg. Would anyone's um, anus do? I mean... No, I'm sure that like, like not yeah. all anuses are created equally. And for Dali, a connoisseur of the anus, I imagine his bar was quite high. Who knows? The funny thing is, like, he didn't even want to be in the same room, practically. Like, in the um, house, there's this kind of boudoir-y place that is all, like, soft furnishings. Just the kind of room that you'd go into and be like, must get the anus out in here. And he had peaky holes into that room. So it wasn't even... Like, he was quite hands-off. Like, he really reminds me of that guy that um, Gay Talisi... No, do you remember Gay Talese made this documentary about the guy with the motel? The motel. Yeah. Oh, that's Paul right. Boyer. He really that reminds me of that guy. Do you remember that guy's wife used to bring him up sandwiches while he was that's spying right. on the fucking But did a lot of that story turned out to be not true? If uh, the guy had made it up. Really? Let us believe the fun. But yes, maybe there was something like that. There was a bit of a twist. There was controversy over that story that it wasn't as prolific as it had been made out as in mm. the guy himself from the motel was like i do this all the time and like he yeah had... and he just really wanted the attention or something from the big kind of famous writer yeah anyway so then in the kind of 70s right gala who enjoyed a very good sex life she had a special boat apparently in fort legat that she used to invite lovers onto and they would go off and ride in the boat and i think that was kind of like her sort of scenario that was kind of the Dali sanctioned kind of buzz like I don't think he was the jealous type mm. anyway let's put it that way that sounds like an ideal situation they sound like great mates I know and they're like even like their bedroom like it's two little single beds it's such a kind of like I don't know do you know what it guys like, they're is, roommates they're roommates and no, they're having a great time they're like it reminds me of like David Guest and Liza Minnelli I'm like is that yes. what that relationship was um, so anyway, then Gala moved to this castle that Dali had built for her. And they had, this Gorgeous. is where the marriage gets even better. Dali was not allowed to visit without written permission from her. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd love it. Like post-pandemic, everyone should get a little castle and written She'd permission. obviously had enough at that point. Yeah. Of him. So then Gala died very trash at the age of 87 in the early 80s. And I remember, so Dali was like 77 at this point because she was older. And he was totally just uh, beside himself with grief. And he kind of had fallen into a depression, drug addiction. He was showing signs of Parkinson's or sort of tremors anyway, Parkinson's-like symptoms. And also possibly complicating his health issues. Apparently Gala had been kind of like feeding him pills from her own prescriptions just kind of like ah throw him throw him down your neck there we'll see what happens Aww. see what the pink ones do so anyway like the end of his life seems like really sad and just kind of like you know he was sort of surrounded by his staff and he um just became frailer and frailer and then in the in 1984 a fire broke out while he was asleep at night and he suffered severe burns and like I basically think like he never came back from that. Um, oh dear. You know, by two years he kind of hung on, but um, yeah, that was that, that was, was the, the end, end of him pretty much until okay, 
he was um, in 2017. Also, by the way, there's definitely allegations similar to your artist, Cassie, that like his um, his art dealer, a guy called Captain Parrot Moore, um, who actually has Irish connections in his family. Uh, yeah, there's kind of accusations that he had him sign like a rake of blank canvases and blank prints and all kinds of stuff so that he could keep on mm. peddling his shit long after he's dead. So anyway, in 2017, a woman came forward and was like, my mother um, and Salvador Dali got together and he's my father. And I want to like, obviously, stay oh, I remember this. this. Yes. And so they exhumed his body to um, get oh, DNA. DNA yeah. And I'm pretty certain probably like literally everyone was like, uh, you'd probably need to be having sex to have a child on. Um, pick a better mm. artist like pick Pablo Picasso he was like such a slag and uh, you know not Dali yeah. but anyway the paternity test uh, yes proved that Dali had absolutely not nutted not. in her mum and uh, <laughs> not the she father. had to pay the cost of the um, exhumation which tickled me I was like yeah you're damn right you do and so, so that was, was she kind not, of fun was it not her mother who'd sort of driven or was it her you know that way was it her mother? do you think it came from her do you think it was like one of those cases where she's like oh your father is a famous artist his name is he's european is dali it's him it's dali it's dali it's dali yeah and like it's well it's very possible that she was one of his kind of like anus pals but Hmm. didn't want perhaps to kind of like go into the full details with her daughter so instead kept it vague and was like yeah we were together and then the daughter just like made the kind of I suppose fair assumption that that might mean they had sex anyway I mean that is kind of a whistle stop tour of our of little the pal weirdness Salvador of Dali. Salvador Dali sensational I you like the really ready to lean into their weird I mean I was I hoping to hear him sculpting his mustache with his own seed but not not yes. this time Jen I'm sure Not there's plenty time, of it. But see, we won't, we have to appreciate these historical creeps because, I mean, with, like he, if that was, if he was around today, he'd just be on Pornhub left, right and center and he wouldn't have these great little tales. That's and it. there'd no be time no sense of like, oh, this is a bit weird of you because exactly. there's plenty of people to find who are on your wavelength all over the internet. But back then, you know, he was an outlier and That's he it. It took, weird took alone. courage to be like, Sex with a woman he was a, is overrated he was a, and sex with a man is painful. Sex with myself, on the other hand, give me an wonderful and let me away with it's it. It's self, hashtag self-care. He is a trailblazer or a... Totally. Tail, tailblazer. Tailblazer. A wonderful story. Thanking you, Sophie White. My pleasure. Uh, that brings us to an end. Thank you, listener, for listening. We have many more patrons than we had. We had uh, so welcome if you're listening and you're a patron. Thank you so so much. Uh, that keeps us going, obviously. And uh, if you're listening and you haven't been tempted yet, now is the time. Get on in Do there. Do it. I will. Uh, Cassie, give it a whirl. Wednesday for the creep to creep. I'm up this weekday with a, with a little creep to creep. I have decided that my corner of the internet that is uninfluenced by the two of you where I'm left alone and unsupervised I'm just going to tell people the history of my favourite things and they're going to end nice and people aren't necessarily going to die in those stories and there won't be talk of anuses this is a free that's a free space no anus 
Which no Europeans. <laughs> anyway, can't wait, Cass. Uh, well, I'll see you there. And thank you. Thanks for to listening. all our lovely patrons for supporting us. Thank you. You mean thank the you, world you. to us. Thank Buy you. my book we before Thursday if you want. It's yes, don't corpsing. forget. Corpsing's <laughs> out to buy, to pre-order. Corpsing by Sophie White. Check it out. And if you become a patron, you can watch back. There's been a great, uh, Sophie did a great piece on it last Thursday. That's up to watch. Check oh, yeah, it there's out. there's an extract to read, if you fancy. Mm-hmm. And an extract to read. Okay, bye. 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 If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.